As we get going, I'm just going to make one quick announcement this weekend. We've got some amazing Christmas services planned. So, hey, be here at 8.30 or 10.30 on, on Sunday morning. And then come back and be with us at 11 o'clock Sunday evening. We're going to have an awesome time bringing in um, Christmas Day together as a family. So, hey, y'all, y'all plan on being part of one or all those services. We'd love to see you at every one of them. It's, it's going to be a great time, and we always have a wonderful time. There will be a, a photo booth on Sunday morning for nice family pictures, and there will be one on Sunday evening for funny family pictures if you want to do that. So come do both. You know, get, get all kinds of good stuff. And, you know, some of us can't help but take funny pictures. It's just the way it is. But that's not true, of course. Um, anyway, um, let, let's, let's, go and get, let's go and get started with this. Um, tonight, when we, as we go to experience um, the, Lord, the Lord's Supper together, and, and as, I, as I was saying this, God was, God, can, God was continually showing me things about this table, about the fact that, you know, Jesus said with this table that we got to celebrate, we, re- we remember his death until he comes. And so he said, well, why are we talking about it at Christmas time? Because he couldn't die if he didn't come and live. And so, like our pastor talked about Sunday morning, as he was standing here behind, behind the table, the, the span of 33 years in the eyes of God is nothing. When, when he said that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the earth, Jesus was already slain before he even showed up and manifested himself as a baby in the manger. He was already in a place to where he, the sacrifice in his mind was done. The sacrifice, it just had to be walked out through obedience. And so I want to encourage you tonight, as, as, we, as we talk about the obedience that it took to do this, as we talk about the, the, the love that he had for us, as we talk about this, the great born-again experience we get to have and the salvation experience we get to have, keep in mind that it took the same obedience to come into the manger that it did to go to the cross. Same, same faith, same, same kind of dedication that it took. And so this, this message is actually the last message in our series called Deprivation. We started, we started a couple months ago, and Pastor Joel started off by talking about dehydration, or lack of what, which is a lack of water or moisture in your body. And what that talked about was how we get a lack of, of life from the Holy Spirit because we don't spend time with Him. When I talk about starvation, how we don't feed ourselves on the Word enough, we talk about asphyxiation, how we don't see, receive the breath of life of God enough, and we deprive ourselves in all these areas. Talked about the sensitization, yeah, that word, or lack of sensitivity where we let our conscience get unsensitive to the, what God wants to speak to us. Um, last week, Pastor Derek talked about immobilization and what fear and how fear stops your faith. And tonight we're going to talk about salvation, which is actually a lack of deprivation. So if you're saved, there's, you, you, have, you have the ability to walk free from any kind of lack. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And so tonight we're, I'm going to talk to you, in the, and, and this, this, may, this may get some funny looks, but I'm used to getting funny looks. There's a difference between being born again and salvation. And some of y'all are like, that's, just stay in, stay in the boat here, we're going to talk about it. Because salvation is a lifestyle. Being born again is, a, is an event that takes place in your life. Now the two, the two are very, very closely connected and, they, and you can't have one without the other. But we'll talk, we'll talk about these as we keep going. In John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, the story of Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus answered him and he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, what that means also is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, talk about the washing of the water of the word, and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Now, your born-again experience is, is, is that moment in your life, and everybody should have that moment. If you're, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you say that, that you're, you're saved. You've had a time when you, when you came and you, you've, 
confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You said, Jesus, I can't do this without you. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that the, the life I'm living is not a life that, that, um, that pleases you, and I want to step into a life and a relationship with you. And you, you ask him to come, like we say, live in our hearts, and we, we accept a relationship with him, and so we call that being born again. He, he bestows upon us new life. We're recreated. We're now, we're now stepping back into the image that he had for us as God. So that's, that's your initial encounter with God. It's your spiritual recreation. It's your redemption. It's your righteousness. And so when you receive that, what we, what we sometimes refer to as salvation, when you, when you get saved, you, you step into your citizenship as a person in the kingdom of God. You're now a citizen in the kingdom because you've been born again. But how many of you know that just because you got born again, that doesn't mean all the bad stuff went away? I mean... But you still, you still, you know, I'm not saying miracles don't happen. I've, and I've, I've heard the testimonies about people receiving the Lord and the, immediately, the addiction, immediately that addiction goes away. And those things do happen. I'm not saying they don't. But for the most part, after you're born again, you still got this flesh to deal with. You still got all this mess that's trying to hang on. You still got all this, this life to live that doesn't just become a life of roses and peaches and cream. I don't like peaches. I'll say mashed potatoes and cream. Just because, just because you're born again. No, you still got this flesh to deal with. And so, what, born, what being born again does, it, it puts you into a place where you're now a citizen of, the, citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You are now in God's kingdom. You're now his child. And he, and he sees you as such. But there's, there's a life of salvation that we've got to begin walking out. There's a, we should be, and we've talked, about, we've talked about this in the past, you should experience salvation in a new way every day. Every day that you live, you should, you should have greater and newer encounters with your father. Your relationship with Jesus should grow and flourish more and more every, every, every day that you live as you live out your salvation. The Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You don't work out being born again with fear and trembling. You just say, God, I, forgive me. I love it. And, and if you've got to work out being born again, we need to talk about what it means to be born again. We'll talk about that later. No, but born again is an experience where you receive Jesus. But now, now like I said, when you, when you begin to experience salvation, that's a lifestyle that is empowered by, the, by being a child of God and you begin to walk in that because you, the key to that was being born again. Now Romans 10, 9-13, I, like, I love how the Amplified says it because it really breaks it down the way, um, the way that it should be. It says in verse 9, it says, Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means recognizing His power and authority and the majesty of God, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved, born again. For with the heart a person believes... In Christ the Savior, resulting in his justification. So right there it says, when you believe, believing in Christ is the only, only thing it takes to be born again. You've got to believe, like, and we'll go, on, we'll go on and talk about it. You believe in the work that he did for you. You believe and you accept that sacrifice that he made. It results in your justification or your salvation. Being made right before God, your righteousness. That is, being made righteous, being freed of the guilt and sin, and made acceptable to God. So we all want to be accepted by God. That's a good thing. Now, and with the mouth, he acknowledges and confesses, confesses with his faith openly. In other words, you don't just get born again and not tell anybody, right? If people don't know that you're born again, we've got to talk about something else. Now, resulting in, in and confirming his salvation. So what that's saying is, with the mouth, you get, so after, what, it, what it's saying is, once you believe and you're justified, then you begin to walk out life through salvation. You begin to experience what being, self, what being saved is all about, what being born again is all about. We, 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 we as believers sometimes um, 
get it wrong in the fact that we, t- we tell people that, hey, just get saved and everything will be great. God will love you and you'll love God and, and everything just can be, be a life of ease and goodness. And we don't tell them about, okay, once you get saved, that's the beginning. That's not the end. Once you stay, there's something to walk out. There's something to, 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 um, to continue walking in, and, that, and then that's your salvation. Now, 11, verse 11 says, For the Scripture says, Whoever believes in Him, whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Him, will not be disappointed in His expectations. Now, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning, expectation, hope. You won't be disappointed in the hope that you have in Him. Now, salvation is simply... Broken down, like born again is broken down as being spiritually transformed or renewed. Salvation is broken down, and when you look it up, it talks about deliverance, welfare, prosperity, and victory. See, that's the part we want to get to, right? That's the part that we sometimes tell people they get when they're born again, without telling them that there's a work of salvation that's got to take place in your life. That's right. Now, you get one benefit when you're born again, and that's righteousness. But that's a great benefit because that righteousness opens up the door for you to begin to walk in salvation. The, the prodigal son, just because he wasn't living in line with, the, with, with his father, near his father, wasn't, wasn't living a life that was under his father's rule and, and, and obedience to that, doesn't mean that he wasn't still a son. As soon as the father saw him again, he put everything back on him, still looked at him as a son, and still put him back to the place where he belonged. He, he wasn't experiencing the lifestyle that he should have been experiencing because he left the presence of the father. He was still a son. The father still accepted him back. But he wasn't experiencing salvation like what we're going to be talking about. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And so what we've got to understand is that doesn't mean you've got to work yourself to being born again. That means if you're born again, you should, be showing, you should be showing the effects of that through walking out a life of salvation. So we've got to understand that we've got to be in this place where we're not thinking everything is just good and said and done just because we've prayed a prayer. He's in our heart. It's great. He loves us. We're going to heaven someday. But we, we can live a life of salvation and, and, and victory here on this earth. So if faith without works is dead, then that means that faith cannot receive the benefits of salvation. Because what does faith do? Faith is what receives the benefits of the kingdom. Faith is what, what, what draws in those things that you need to, to, to prosper and be blessed in the kingdom. So if you've got dead faith, you're not receiving the benefits or walking in the benefits that salvation has. Now, all the things we talked about you know, in, in, this, in this series, all the blessings that come with, you know, with, with the life of the Holy Spirit and the Word and the life of God and having a, having a conscience that's, that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit, all these things, a life of faith and not a fear, you know, a freedom from, freedom from any kind of lack, all the stuff that we talked about in this deprivation series, all of those are salvation benefits, not born-again benefits. Like we said before, just because you're born again doesn't mean all of a sudden life is great. Because you're born again, all of a sudden you see all the things that you need to change. I mean, honestly... But there's hope there because you know that with the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you can see those things change and you begin to walk out a life that's different than what you have before. It's a definite turning point, but it's, it's not the end all. It's the, it's the beginning. And, and Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 make it, make it pretty clear. And I love this. It's how, it's how um, the Bible talks about um, even the life of Jesus. Philippians 2, starting at verse 6, says, Who, being Jesus, though he was in form of God... Did not find equality with God something to be grasped. But instead, he emptied himself. What does that mean? That means he did away with and he, and he put himself in a place where he would walk, like, live and exist as a man empowered by God rather than the son of God. He put all this stuff away. All the stuff that we would call salvation benefits. He said, okay, all the benefits he had of being in the kingdom of God and being in heaven with his father. He emptied himself of all those things and began to walk out a life of salvation the way that we would have to. 
Because the Bible says he was, he was tempted just as we are in every way, but didn't sin. So he showed us that you can walk out of life of salvation and victory and not sin, and you, and, you can, and you can obtain that. It says, but by taking the form of a servant and being born in likeness of men, you know, this is a Christmas story in Philippians 2. He was, born, he was born just like us, and when he found himself in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, nobody would say that just because Jesus came to earth, he was no longer a son of God. I mean, that's ludicrous because that would defeat the whole purpose because it took, it took him to, to die for us. But we, we sometimes, sometimes we, have, we have this mindset that, you know, I've messed up or I, I prayed for a long time ago and, and I've kinda, I, I, was, I was good with God at first. I remember that relationship, but then I walked away. So we said we lost our salvation. Or can I lose my salvation? And yes, yes, you can. But you can't lose being born again. You can, you, can, you can walk away from the benefits of salvation. You can walk away from the benefits that come with, with being a child of God and being in the kingdom. Just like the prodigal son did. You can walk away from all the blessings and everything, that, the victory that God's got for you. But if you truly had a decision for Christ, you can't walk away from that. That, that, that can't go away. Because, and people ask me this all the time. Well, because when, they, when they've come back and you have those people that you see, you see again after a few years and they come back in and you can tell that life's been hard on them because they kind of walked away from the relationship with God. And, and they said, well, how do I know I didn't, didn't, I'm still saved. And I said, did you ever stop hearing God tell you to change and come back? Like, well, no, I always heard him. I was always, that's why I'm here. I'm like, well, there you go. He never stopped talking to you. You're still in a relationship with him. You just haven't been treating that relationship the way you should. So yes, you're still saved, but you need to get things back right and begin experiencing salvation you know, all over again. Now, the manger. Table of grace. You know, this, 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 this table, the old covenant, the new covenant, all that, all that is, all, it's all pictures of grace. And you say, well, how can Old Testament, help Old Testament be grace? The Bible says the law was perfect. It's, we couldn't live up to the perfection of the law, law correct. But God puts the law in place as a form of grace to get us through to the time to where the new covenant came. Because, because the law was in place, man knew what was expected of him, even though he couldn't live up to it. But God put it there so that man knew what, what to do to, to be able to receive an atonement for their sins. So even though it wasn't perfect, even, the law was perfect, even though, the, even though we weren't perfectly lived up to it, even though it wasn't the, 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 the ultimate thing that God wanted, we could still have a way to approach God, even in old, old covenant times. But Jesus said... All that's gone. I fulfilled all that because I, I did it. I lived it. Nobody else could. I lived it out. I, I'm, I'm a perfect sacrifice. And so this is the new covenant in my blood. This, this, is where, this is where it's at. This is where I want you to be now. And so as we begin to talk about the table and what it, what it represents and what, what he actually put on the table, we, we, we understand that this is a salvation thing. This is something we get to enjoy because we're saved. See, there's only one, only one qualification it takes to come to this table. It's not church membership. It's not a denominational thing. It's are you born again? This is the Lord's table, not the church table. If, if you, the only qualification you've got to fulfill to come to this table is the fact you've got to be born again. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Therefore, you are qualified to come and partake of this table. So we've got, we've, got to, we've got to walk in that place and walk in that knowledge. Romans 6.23 says, The wage of sin is death, but the free gift or expression of grace of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We couldn't earn this. There's nothing we could do to, to um, walk in a place that, that, that we're worthy of this. Jesus said, I fulfilled this. Now you come in a way that you're not trying to earn something here. You come in a way receiving because that's, that's all you can do. 
So many times we come, we come to this table, we come to this, and the Bible says not to come in an unworthy manner. And what that means is you don't come to this table expecting this table to do something for you. This table is to remind you. Remember the Bible said, remembers his death. We portray his death until he comes. This table reminds you of the work that took place to put you in a place where you can now walk out salvation. We don't, we don't come to this table because we think, well, if I can just, if I can just go to the table and I can just, um, his, his blood was shed for my sins and his body was broken for my healing. If I can just go to the table, then I can, I can, I can be, healed, be healed. No. When you come to this table, you know that you've been healed and you take it to remind yourself of that fact. You take to remind yourself that this table has nothing to do with my healing. This table has everything to do with the righteousness that was bestowed upon me. Because that righteousness was bestowed upon me, I can now receive healing. You remind yourself of the new covenant, not the old covenant. So when you, when you come to this table expecting something to happen, expecting to achieve something, you're coming in Old Testament mentality. And what's the wage of sin in the Old, te- in the old, in the old Covenant, in the Old Testament? It's death. And so when the Bible goes on to say in Corinthians that, you know, many of you are, are weak and have fallen asleep or died, it's because what happened in that situation was they were taking it Old Covenant style. They were taking it like, like Old Testament like the Old Testament rituals they had to go through, and Old, Old Covenant, the punishment in the Old Covenant was death. The punishment in the New Covenant is eternal life. So if we come approaching this Old Covenant style, then we're going to receive Old Covenant consequences. But see, he said, come to this and remind yourself. Put yourself back into faith of the, of the work that I did, of the, of the redemptive plan that, that I've established, of the covenant that I've put in front of you, a covenant that, that includes your healing, a covenant that includes your forgiveness, a covenant that includes, includes your, your, your joy and your peace. Come, come remind yourself of what, what my death bought for you. It brought you healing. It brought you wholeness. It, 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 bought, it, bought you, it bought you a life that can now walk and experience the salvation of God. We've got we've to keep that in the forefront of our mind. So the work of grace that took place here when he was born, here when he had the Last Supper with the disciples, when he went to the cross, when he rose again, that grace, grace is simply God's love and action for you. It's him, it's him working toward you. It's, it's, it's the free gift. Anything that you can have earned by yourself that God, God has given you is a, is, a, is a picture of his grace. It's an act of his grace. Your healing is an act of his grace. Your forgiveness is an act of his grace. Your, your, freedom, your freedom from your past is an act of his grace. It's a free gift that you couldn't do by yourself, but he loved you enough to give it to you. And that's what this, that's what this table represents. Is an act of His grace, and so the Lord's Supper was initiated by Jesus Himself when He sat with the disciples right before the night, right before He was betrayed. He said, "This is My blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sins." And he said, "Drink this and do this in remembrance of Me." And that 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 blood, Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So it was necessary for a perfect sacrifice to, 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 to be brought before God. And see, whenever Jesus, whenever Jesus reappeared, and, and um, it says that Mary wanted, wanted to hold on to him, wanted to, wanted to wrap her arms around him, he said, no, don't touch me, because I've not presented myself to the Father yet. I've got to go and I've got to bring a perfect sacrifice to God. And so anything sinful couldn't touch him. It was, he, the, 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 mercy, the blood has not been applied, had not been applied to the mercy seat yet in heaven. And so Jesus did. He went to heaven and his very, his very own blood he presented to the Father and put it at the mercy seat in heaven because we know that the, that the Ark of the Covenant, all the things in the, in the Old Testament 
um, tabernacle and, and, in the, and in the temple were all, were all shadows, they're all pictures of what, is what is God actually has established in heaven. And so Jesus went to heaven and he, play, he, he placed his own blood on the mercy seat and said, look, it's done, it's finished. They are now free to approach. You can now approach the throne of grace with boldness, like the Bible says, to receive mercy and help in your time of need because the blood's been applied. You're forgiven. There's nothing between you and God anymore. You're in right standing with Him. And so that's why we recognize this table. He also said, this, this bread is my body that's been broken for you. And we know that he took, he, took, he took stripe after stripe. He took beating after beating. He, took, he, he bled all the way from the garden all the way to Golgotha. But it's because he was broken. It's because his skin was broken. You can't, you can't, you can't bleed without, without cutting your skin. And so there was a necessity was his, for his body to be broken. And, and the, his broken body was broken so that you could have a renewed and a, and a whole body. A body, a body that, 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 that is perfectly whole in every way, free from every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. You probably heard, you probably heard it, but I think it's an amazing, it's an, it's an amazing um, fact. He took 39 stripes. And there's 39 major illnesses in the world today. One stripe for every, every, every major illness, every category of sickness, every category of disease that goes on. He took a stripe for that. So it doesn't matter what it is that you're trying, that the, that the enemy says you've got to carry around. It doesn't matter what it is that's inflicting your body. It doesn't matter what it is that's trying to come against you. He took a stripe for that. He bled for that. He was broken for that so that you could, that you could receive healing in that area. And so when you, when you approach the table, you, you approach it knowing that he had, the work is done, the job is finished, the redemptive act has taken place, and it doesn't just include me not going to hell, it includes me living a life and experiencing salvation every day of my life. It doesn't mean that I'm just a new creation, it doesn't mean that I'm just, that I'm just no longer, that, that I'm just now in right standing with God, it means no, God, God loved me enough to take the stripes too, so that I could walk out of life where I experience his, his fullness and His wholeness every day of my life. So when you come to the table, you remind yourself of the fact that this is here to remind me of what I have, my rights, my covenant rights as a child of God. What, what he's done for me, what he, what, what he set in place for me so that I can walk in forgiveness of sins, that I can walk in, in healing and, and blessing and, and every benefit that, that the new covenant says we can have. We remind ourselves of that when we come to this table. And so many times, you know, like I mentioned before, we hear about what, is, what does it mean to take this in an unworthy manner. I mean, it, it simply means don't take it for any other reason the fact that it's a free gift from God. It's here to, it's here to remind you of, of who you are in Him. Now, the Bible also talks very, very strictly about, about forgiveness. And so, the Bible says if you, if you go to the altar and you, to give a gift at the altar and you know that, you've got somebody, that somebody's got something against you or you've got something against somebody else, to leave your gift there and go, and go make things right with that person before you come and offer your gift. So, so even more so, how much more so do we need to do that at the communion table? If, we, if we've got something against somebody, if you've got something that you need to get right, before you, before you take this, whether that means you've got to come back and take it on Sunday morning, or you, there's somebody here in the room, make it right before you take this so that you can receive the benefit of what forgiveness really is. Because the Bible says if you don't forgive others your sins, the Heavenly Father, forgive others their sins, you can't, the Heavenly Father can't forgive your sins. And so... Tonight, if there's something you've got to get right with someone, if you've got to step out, out on the hallway and make a phone call, whatever, if you need to make, don't, don't neglect the benefit that you, uh, the, the strengthening of your faith can take place at this table just because there's something not right with you, between you and somebody else. If, you, if you're unable to forgive someone for something that's been done against you, it means you don't recognize the, the depth and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, um, and the power that there was in the forgiveness that you received. 
See, everything that, we could ever, that someone could ever do to us, we'd already done to him. And while we were still sinners, the Bible says, he loved us. And while we were still sinners, he chose to come and die for us. And while we were still sinners, he looked upon us with favor, and he loved us anyways. And so, for you to not forgive someone else means that you don't really value the forgiveness that you've received. So I want to, I want to encourage you in that. Tonight, if there's something that you're holding against somebody, not, not just for the, take of coming, for the sake of coming to the table, but for the sake of you not having a life that's, that's encased in bitterness and hurt, let that go. Make it right with that person. Get that relationship straight so that you can walk in a life where you can appreciate and enjoy the, the, the benefits of, of, of receiving his forgiveness back into your life. Here in just a minute, we're going to um, receive, receive the Lord's, Lord's Supper. We'll, what we'll do is um, we're going to allow the worship team to play for us for a little bit. The altars will be open. If things are good, Praise the Lord. Come and, come and thank Him for things being good and, and be, ready, be ready to take this with a, with a, with a heart that's grateful and, and full of gratitude. If things aren't so good right now, you can come here and you can make them good and you can lay those things at the altar and you can, and you can get things right with God and you can put yourself in a place where you're, where you're ready to receive this and put yourself in remembrance of, of the sacrifice that He made. Come get things right with here. We'll, we'll let them, them play and worship for about five minutes and I'll come up here shortly after that. And we'll, um, we'll, we'll pray over the, the body and the blood, then we'll, then we'll receive the Lord's Supper. But let's worship for a little bit. Let's allow, let's allow Him to um, do what He wants to do in your life. Let him, let him speak to your heart. Don't sit there and just go, okay, I think I'm okay. No, ask Him. Say, is there something I need to fix? Is there something I need to get right? You know, we, we love to ask Him for stuff. We don't always love to ask Him how we can fix things. So I want to encourage you that. Take some time. Spend some time before Him. This isn't a rush thing. We've got, we've got, we've got plenty of time. We've, we've got... 20 minutes to do this. And this, and this act takes, takes 30 seconds. But take some time. Take some serious time before, before the throne. Go, go into his presence. Allow him to speak to you. Allow, allow him to show you things that, that maybe you need to fix. Allow him to, allow him to minister back to you. And then you can take this in a way that you know you're doing it through a relationship with him. Not as a work trying to obtain something. So as they begin to play, you're welcome to stand. You're welcome to sit. You're welcome to go somewhere. Whatever, whatever it takes to get you in a place where you where you can worship for a little bit, and then here here in a few minutes I'll come up and I'll I'll, I'll we'll, we'll pray over the over the body and the blood, and we'll allow you to come and receive the the Lord's Supper tonight. But I encourage you in this begin begin looking at this as a benefit of salvation, a ben, a benefit of the fact that hey I'm in I am in the the kingdom of God I I can walk out this this experience of salvation daily and experience just how good He is in my life. Because of the work that took place that put this table in effect. So Heavenly Father, we honor you and we bless you. We thank you, Father God, that we can come before you. And that we can experience your salvation on a daily basis. We can experience who you are in us. We can experience life in a great way. In a new way every day because of the new covenant that's been founded in your blood. We honor you and we praise you. We thank you for the, the sacrifice that you gave. So we can have a nice life tonight. We thank you for the, the obedience that you, that you had in your life to come from heaven to earth and live a life in front of us that, that glorified and honored, honored your Father. And so church tonight, let's worship for a little bit. Let's, let's make sure things are right between us and him and make sure our relationship is, is, um, is, is, is everything that he wants it to be. And then we'll enjoy this together as a family. So please feel free to worship. Feel free to stand, sit, whatever. Just get yourself in a place where you can worship the Father.